0: Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Propane, it's clean, efficient fuel produced right here in the United States. Schedule your propane service with a friend. Lakes Gas, a family-owned provider serving the Upper Midwest for more than 60 years. 54 convenient locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin, now with offices in North Dakota and South Dakota, too. Lakes Gas employees live in the communities they serve, so you can expect personalized service from professionals. Oh, and the Lakes Gas offers competitive pricing without all the extras that tend to drive up fuel prices. Safe, dependable service. Lakes Gas, the right choice for your home, business, or farm. Visit lakesgas.com and join the family. To coach any sport can be time-consuming and maybe a little bit stressful, but to coach at sports' highest level, certainly it's a career of pressure and dedication. Today, the story of a National Hockey League coach and friend, Jonas Plum, a guy who works hard year-round, but when the NHL season wraps up, his wish to get on a golf course and maybe more importantly into a boat with a couple of fishing poles. Today, the story of Jonas's passion. I'm Bill Shirk. I hunt, I fish, I camp, and I tell tales. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Jonas, glad you're here today. I can't believe I actually got you out of your ice rink office. Thank you for having me, William. Appreciate it. Uh, so the Minnesota Wild season has wrapped up, at least on the ice, and summer is here. Um, your job. Talk about what you do and what it's like this time of year.
1: This time of year is more housekeeping. Um, going to the rink two, three times a week either the practice rink or excel, and just make sure you stay on top of things. And
0: and what is your title? What do you do?
1: I am the video coach for the Minnesota Wild. There's two of us, but I'm one of them. Obviously, you're the high-tier video coach.
0: I mean, what are you doing? What what is your job?
1: I wouldn't say I'm the high-tier. I'm the older of the two. (laughs) I'm not the better-in-shape one, but I am the older of the two. Uh, My job is to organize all the video aspects for our team, 80% 80% of my job, I would say, is mostly pre-scouting the teams we're going to play. And then the other 20% is game day stuff, uh, post-game, and then anything in between that the coaching staff needs or management needs or, or whomever in the organization needs.
0: But it's been interesting. The last couple of seasons, you've made some key calls during games. The people who are watching, especially on TV, get a chance to sort of experience Offsides on goals, things like that.,
1: oh, that's true. i uh, as we always say, it's not me who made the calls. it's we who made the calls because there are two there there is myself and TJ Jindra who I work with during the games and and during the season all the time and and we work together in that situation. Also we talk with uh, Darby Hendrickson on the bench and Fred Shabbat, our goalie coach in the in the um, press box. so we all we all have a hand in, in those situations, but uh, we're the ones who are, who, are, who are watching it more closely than everyone else.
0: All right, there are a lot of people on planet Earth who would love to be in your position, right? Like, how does this come to be? Where did, where did this passion for you come from? Like, how did you fall into this job or earn it?
1: Well, I definitely fell into it, 100%. Uh, I've always wanted to be in sports. I didn't know, well, I knew at what capacity when I was growing up, because I was not a great, I was a good athlete, but I wasn't obviously good enough to to play at a high, high level. But I kind of fell into it. I was doing a marketing internship, and I was working for the junior team in Vancouver, and uh, I was working in the office. And the GM came up to me and asked me if I knew anything about computers. I said, yes. He said, do you know anything about hockey? I said, yes. He goes, fantastic, you're the new video person for the Vancouver Giants. And
0: that's how it all started. Wow and you kind of went gulp let's go do this
1: i mean i didn't, i don't know if i went gulp i just said okay well let's 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 figure it out it's uh i didn't really i mean i did know a little bit about a and a little bit about b but i didn't know as i didn't know what i needed to know about a and b until i kind of got down there and and you know i was still young enough that i could learn so how long ago was this that was um 2000 in four because it was going into the, there was a lockout in 2004. Uh, and that was a full seat. that was a full season lockout. And so the Canucks were not, the Vancouver Canucks were not going to be playing. And so the Giants were going to be bu- much more busy because they, they were the only hockey team in Vancouver.
0: So at this point in your life, are you fishing?
1: Uh, n- not tons. It's a little difficult growing up in Vancouver, British Columbia, because you're on the coast in the Pacific ocean um, and I'm not saying it's difficult uh, in Minnesota, but lakes are a little easier to deal with. The ocean has tides, and and you need bigger boats, and it, you have to go out further, and you just have to have a better lay of the land and the ocean, and you got to respect the ocean because it can be it, it can be treacherous at times if you're not paying attention. Um, so I, I grew up, growing up when I was little, I would go with my uncle and my dad and my sister, and we would just have like a, a tin, a small, I don't know, what make like a tin boat, whatever there would be called and a, and a tiller tiller motor. And we just putz around the, the coast and just fish a little bit, but nothing big. We went, we would go to Tofino, which is on the west coast of Vancouver Island. We would go every summer and we would, sometimes we would go salmon fishing. Sometimes we wouldn't depending on what, all the, what the family wanted to do. And, and, um, yeah, I, I didn't do tons of fishing. It's just, it's, it's a little more prohibitive. You just, it, you need to invest a lot more into it to be able to do it properly. So it just wasn't really on my radar. It was, but it wasn't really. All my friends really enjoyed it. Um, they had the the wherewithal and the resources and they, they invested more time in it than I did. But I certainly enjoyed it. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do, but I just wish I had done more.
0: Back then. Back then, yeah. But it seems like you're making up for lost time because when you and I met it became a fishing thing
1: I think so and obviously when you get older you have more resources so you can dedicate some more time to it right when I was younger clearly I'm not growing up with ample amounts of money I can just throw at this hobby because it's not inexpensive um, so as you get older you have some more resources and you can you can take advantage of that and 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 do bigger and better things. Like this past summer, my fiance slash wife, we've been engaged for a long time. That's why she's basically my wife. How long? Um, Wait. since two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> so I don't know what is it twenty twenty three right now. You guys do the math. Uh, and so last summer we went to Tofino, um, and we we just hired a hired a guide, but it doesn't come inexpensive. But it was probably one of the I mean, other than fishing with you, Bill, and Ryan Johnson, who's been on this podcast before. I don't want to leave his name out. Uh, it's one. Of, it was one of the most fortuitous fishing situations ever. It was, you know, we were in, caught about four salmon in 20 minutes, big ones. Then we went out and got some uh, lingcod way off about four or five miles off the coast, maybe not that far, three miles, let's say. And then we came back inland and, and, and went and pulled up a bunch of prawn traps. So it was a lot of fun. It's great. And being... You know, being out on the water, on the lakes, the rivers, and the ocean, it's its just, you see so many neat things. that
0: It's its great. Here in the U.S., I don't know what it is a metric, but here in the U.S., the time period you're talking about with your fiancé wife would be a decade, is what they call
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's seven years. Maybe in the U.S., that's 10 years. <laughs> in Canada, that's seven years. I guess if you're talking about exchange rate, that would equate properly. <laughs> That would be almost exact almost <laughs> you might have to add one half year or half year to that seven
0: so a lot of your adventures fishing adventures back home are on big water ocean like do you do you get uh, seasick no
1: no i don't I don't get seasick uh, another time we went we we're fortunate enough that a friend of my mom's has a big fishing lodge and fishing outfit and we did go up there and he he set us up uh, uh, pro bono and Kristen actually did get sick. It was, it was very early in the season. It was a little a little rough out there, but we weren't, go, weren't going in for any reason because uh, we were taking advantage of every minute, and that was basically my mantra. We're staying out here for as long as we can. <laughs> and she went downstairs to use the bathroom, and when she came back up, all the horizon was moving too much, and she didn't, yep. it didn't really work out very well for her. So. Yeah, and but, on that
0: big water, even on Lake Superior, like they tell you, if you go into enclosed spaces like that, you're toast. I don't get sick. Oh, must be nice. for any reason. All right, we need to thank a couple of sponsors, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you about our very first fishing trip together. We'll have to see if you remember it. I'm Bill Shirk, my partner today, Jonas Plum of the Minnesota Wild, also known as Nonus. Is his nickname due to his fishing prowess. Okay, let's thank some of the sponsors who help us reach you every week. Up first, our friends at the Minnesota Propane Association.
2: It's summer season, which means thunderstorms can roll on in. Are you prepared for a power outage at your home or business? The Minnesota Propane Association wants you to know that installing a propane generator will ensure peace of mind when the power goes out. Also, the same propane that powers your generator can also power all the major appliances
1: in your home. Installing propane appliances instead of electric appliances in your home or business will reduce the size and cost of the generator. Imagine running all
2: your gas appliances at one time versus picking and choosing which electric ones to run during a power outage. Reliable, affordable, safe. Propane, the energy for everyone. To find out more about generators and propane appliances, go to propane.com.
0: Also, a big shout out to Connecticut. You know, finally, we are into summer. The hot days, the cool water on the lakes, it is cabin time. And for the shirks, that means Connecticut water in the woods. You know, last summer, we were lucky enough to add Connecticut water at the cabin. And oh boy, what a difference. You know, for as long as I can remember, we have dealt with the stinky, foul well water. But after a painless four-hour installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make that early morning coffee before getting into the boat. We have great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient worry-free water system. Visit Kinetico.com to find a dealer near you and join the Kinetico family. Also, we'd like to thank AquaCide. Ah, summertime at the lake. It's all fun and games until... Weeds! Wipe out your lakefront weeds with Aquaside and make the most of your property's potential. Up to 4,000 square feet can be treated with just one 10-pound bag of Aquaside. Simply sprinkle the pellets around the weedy area and voila! Christine weed-free water. Visit us online at killlakeweeds.com and reclaim your lakefront today. All right, Jonas Plum is a video coach with the Minnesota Wild, and he is one of my best fishing buddies. You, even during season, tend to get out and fish a lot, but do you remember when we met? Do you remember our first fishing trip?
1: First of all, I'd like to preface what Bill said. I think we're best friends, not best fishing buddies. My bad. It's more about friends than fishing buddies. Okay. Sometimes he doesn't realize that, but I do. Um, the first time we went fishing together, oh, uh, my co-worker, Andrew Height, who is our team services fella, um, connected me with Bill, or connected us, him and myself, and one, I'm not sure if he was a player or not at the time, but Keith Ballard of Unis- University of Minnesota fame uh, and now he works in the uh, Twin Cities area, selling insurance. Insurance,
0: yes. One of the best insurance agents I've ever used. So, Definitely in my top twenty-two.
1: So we went uh, we went fishing to Malax the first time I met Bill, and I believe I drove up with Andrew, and we parked. I can't remember where we st- we parked near that McDonald's on the be the northwest side of At the lake, Garrison. maybe Garrison. Yep. Anyways, we the four of us got into the boat uh, and it was not a great, like sunny, beautiful day on Mille Lacs, which I understand from time to time it can get windy and, and, and interesting on that lake. But it wasn't a windy day, but it was just a kind of overcast and then it started to rain a little bit. But it was, you know, it was actually a nice day. You don't sometimes when it's boiling hot out, it just, it can weigh down on you. But it was great. The four of us were in the boat. And Bill got us in a run of smallmouth, and all we would do was cast in and catch fish. And you, we had, I, I can't even count how many times we had double-ups. I casted way out one day at one time. I didn't even realize the fish was on. I just started pulling in. Next thing you know, it comes flying out of the water. And you, you we had so much fish, you didn't even have to say anything. All you, had, you would have to say would be, yep, because you knew there was a fish on the line.
0: So I'm in the front of the boat, keeping the nose of the boat, bow of the boat, into the wind, trying to... Set us on the rock pile. I didn't know this guy at this point. And I don't want to stereotype, but you look like the Unabomber. You had sunglasses and a hooded sweatshirt pulled over, slumped over in the back of the boat. And every once in a while, you'd just hear, yep. And I'd turn around, and your rod would be bent over the tip all the way down. You caught monsters <laughs> that day. And I just remember thinking, like, who is this guy? Yep.
1: Well, you know you're the new person around, so you just kind of keep it quiet. And it wasn't really the greatest weather, so you had batten down the hatches. Yeah, I had a hood on and had my sunglasses, and you're, you're just minding your own business, just trying to have fun. And and yeah, there wasn't. No, I didn't need to converse with very many people, but after that, it, it really kind of. I told Andrew, I said, "Geez, that Bill guy's a lot of fun. We got to go out with him a, a couple more times." I didn't say that about Keith, but Bill for sure. And uh, that was and was the last
0: time we ever saw Andrew. And that was probably
1: the last time we ever saw Keith, actually. That was the last time we saw Keith as well. So,
0: yeah. Fine. So it's us in the boat. So we get out and fish. Like, do you have favorite species here in Minnesota being a transplant? Or do you just want to catch something?
1: When I go by myself, I like to just catch something because I'm not as well-versed as you, Bill. But when I'm with you or Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, uh, I would like to catch what you guys tell me to catch. So usually that's bass. I have heard rumblings of you saying that we may go out and catch another species, but usually it's just bass, okay. bass all the time. I have caught a walleye with you last year, a season opener Yep, on uh, Mille Lacs, night bobber fishing. That was fantastic until oh until the incident that <laughs>
0: night. Other than that, it was great. So there were actually two incidents last year. So we went up to Mille Lacs to shoot the walleye opener post-COVID, talking about just some of the excitement and everything going on up there. Bait shop, they were short on shiners. There were lines in the bait shops, and the Shirk boys were lucky enough to come along with us. We get up there. We go out. It's windy as all get out. We go to the bait shop at lunch, and they say, oh, my gosh, you guys caught fish? I'm like, Yeah, we probably caught a dozen. Nobody else had been into the bait shop and reported catching a fish on Mille Lac. So we're feeling pretty good about our day because we've got a TV camera and we're documenting all that. And you're you're calling. You guys were done with your season. And you said, oh, I have free time. I'm coming up to see you. And I said, oh, we're in this little ice house. It's been raining. It's Can I preface that quickly, Bill? You didn't tell me you were in a nice house. Under Well, I said a very humble cabin. A very humble, humble. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so I'm just feeling morbid about the whole thing, but you come up anyway, you get into the boat, still windy at sunset, we go out, bobber fish, we catch a few, it's not hot, but we caught enough. It was fun. And we go back to the humble cabin, not mine, it was the place we were staying and Bennett shirk, who was just a little guy, 11 at the time, crawls into the upper bunk you know, Brady shirt crawls into his bunk. You and I are relaxing a little bit. I kind of lay down just to relax. And you have this look on your face and you're looking around the corner and Bennett and you say, are you okay, buddy? And I just thought, hmm, uh uh-oh. So I hop out, walk over to you guys just in time to see him. I want to make sure I'm Sensitive about how I describe this. Absolutely blowing chunks (laughs) into a sleeping bag onto the bunk. It's dripping down through the cracks into your bunk (laughs) and your freshly laid sleeping bag. And I'm just thinking, is this really happening? It happened.
1: It definitely happened. <laughs> oh and, my Anyway, I believe his sleeping bag was shaped like a tortilla or looked like a tortilla shell. So he's basically putting guacamole all over it. Yeah, that was the
0: blanket. That yeah. was his well, little the,
1: tortilla birthday gift yeah, blanket. Yeah, yeah, just no, it awful. Hap- it happened. All right. Oh gosh. It didn't. It didn't quite end up like standby. I mean, everyone wasn't puking all over the place, but it was uh, definitely something that was. Yeah.
0: It was unbelievable. I could have
1: hung out with the people next door because they were having a hooting and a hollering all night long. They were up all
0: night out <laughs> by the camp. It was just one of those awful nights, but well, whatever. They were
1: having fun though, Bill. It just well, yeah, that's the difference. If I had Actually. to stay, if I could have gone with them, if there was barf all over the place, but we managed to
0: oh, keep it clean. All right, so that trip goes by the wayside. Um, I have another favorite that, for some reason, I like to get you out in my drift boat, which is a flat-bottom boat. I sit in the middle with a couple of oars. We point downstream on the Mississippi River here near town, and the anglers have a job to just cast to the bank and catch fish. I can't tell if you like doing that or absolutely hate it with a vengeance.
1: Uh It's fun. It is fun. It's it is fun. It's been very difficult for me for some reason. I, I haven't been very successful uh but it's fun no it's a different way to do things and and you you got to learn you've got to learn all all, all different you just have to learn how to do fish differently and and be in different situations and that sets you up to be a better angler fisher person as you go on in life so it's just a different way to learn but it's never been I've never been very strong at that, and usually I go with Brian Johnson, and he's always better.
0: So I'm sorry. We're we're sitting here. You and I are in the world headquarters in the Minnesota Bound podcast. Engineer Charlie is sucking on coffee over there with his headset managing Hi Charlie. the soundboard. Charlie, I know you don't have a microphone, but I'm going to just – this is an audio-only podcast, no video. But I'm going to turn to you and show you this picture. What do you see? Describe it. It's a pretty good-looking fish. And who's holding it?
2: I believe Jonas is.
0: Okay, so that was last week in the drift boat. I'm just going to shuttle here to another different photo. Just describe to people what you see.
2: God, it's just another great-looking fish with Jonas.
0: What kind of hat is he wearing? Can you tell?
2: Uh, it canucks hat.
0: He. Oh, my God, it canucks that. He's all into ball caps, he always has a lid on. I'm gonna just shuttle to one more photo here just cuz.
2: Yeah, it's a good fish, but he's still wearing that Trader's Canucks hat.
0: So, <laughs> so there's a pattern here. What you consider slow fishing, or you not being very good, in the grand scheme of things, you're catching quite a few fish your expectation is we're going to go out and catch 50 every time. So if we catch 6 8 10 12, like that's an off day for you. No, that's not true.
1: 6 8 10 12 is pretty good. I caught 2 last time and then you made me or made me or the boat <laughs> and someone who was with us, he'll remain nameless got his lure stuck in the tree and I didn't quite know how to paddle the boat properly and then so I had to get out, walk all the way upstream <laughs> undo his lure for him because the person who shall rename nameless is a little bit of a princess and he wouldn't walk up there himself and for the
0: record it wasn't in a tree it was it was in the branches. over the top i don't know how you can be 30 feet away from shore just throwing a nice little cast up to the edge of the water and you guys will like take a step back in the boat run forwards throw these arching casts that go 120 yards up over, you know, a 200 foot cottonwood tree and go, God, wow, what happened? I don't know how I got stuck.
1: Bill, you are the man of the woods, therefore you should never ever make mistakes when you're doing your job. For us, we're not the men of the woods. We're just just civilians when we're in your world. That's
0: not a mistake. <laughs> that yes, the other day was a mistake. What are they saying, Canada? Faux pas. They might.
1: They might say that in different places too. <laughs>
0: We have so much fun in the drift boat, yes, sometimes your fishing is not slow, but I've seen you on that river at times of the year where you'll crack forty fish and they're all massive.
1: Well, definitely in the winter it's uh it's a lot of fun it's uh that's that's probably the best time. Uh, you have to brave the elements a little bit more and bundle up, but uh, I mean that's that's I mean other than that time on Malax and Really, yeah. Other than that time, that's the most fish I ever, I ever catch in a day. Is usually on the river. It's just it's nonstop. Some days, I mean, even if it's slow, you're three or four or five. But when it's not slow, it's just nonstop, nonstop.
0: Right. Going back to your job, why fishing? What's the release for you?
1: Uh, I don't know if it's a release. I just enjoy it. I I, I, I don't. I mean, unfortunately for me, I always have my job on my mind a lot of the time. Uh, very rarely will, I guess the only time I don't really think about my job is when I'm watching the Vegas Raiders play football. Oh Cause I'm, uh-huh. And there's there's I'm, a real
0: winner.
1: I'm a hundred percent invested in that game all the time. Uh, but, uh, it's not, it's not so much about a release. I know a lot of people say fishing is just, it gets them, gets their head out of anything. And yeah, it does for sure. But, I just enjoy it. I, I like it. I like, like we talked about earlier, I never really got super into it when I lived in Vancouver at home, just cause it was a little more difficult. And, um, but here it's a lot more accessible and, and I, I have a couple of rods and I kind of have a good knowledge of it from you and the people we've gone fishing with. And I can just go and, you know, sometimes I'll just go to uh, Lake of the Isles, sit on the shore in the early morning and cast for a couple of hours catch a couple of fish and, you know, be done with it. So it's, uh, I think it's just fun and, and yeah, it's just, it's just a fun thing to do. And it is calming some days, but you know what? I'm a, I like to catch fish. And when I don't get fish, catch fish, no matter who I'm with, I always get a little frustrated. I think you can get the consistency of what I'm trying to say. Frustration builds Ornery. up in my fishing pretty, qu-
0: pretty quick. You're a competitive SOB. I just want what I'm trying to get, right. and that's fish. So, we need to thank a few more sponsors, but when we come back, I have two things for you. First off, we're going to talk about this one day on a trout stream. Yeah, it was fun. And then we're going to go to a bucket list. Sound like a plan? Whatever you say, Bill. Whatever I say. See? Oh, boy. The vanity (laughs) angler, Jonas Plum. You are listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. And I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Hey, we need to thank our friends at the Minnesota Historical Society. Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. The Minnesota Historical Society invites you to take a historic adventure this summer. Become a member and get free access to 26 historic sites and museums across our state. You can learn about the places, people, and events that shaped Minnesota. Take in the sights at Split Rock Lighthouse. Explore state history at historic Fort Snelling. Learn about Native American culture past and present at Mille Lacs Indian Museum. Or see it all at the Minnesota History Center. Learn more and become a member. <clears throat> Come on. Learn more and become a member at mnhs.info
2: slash adventures. Also... A shout out to the good people at Star Bank. Ron Shera here with a question. Have you ever heard of an economic first responder? That's an economic first responder. Well, it's real. Think of Star Bank. Star Bank is saving local businesses as an economic first responder in the Twin Cities, the West Metro, and rural Minnesota. Star Bank has been helping small businesses keep their lights on, pay their rent, pay their employees for months now. In fact, Star Bank has helped 629 local businesses during this pandemic. And they've been keeping small businesses on Minnesota's main streets as well. Keeping small businesses alive, economic first responders indeed. You know, Star Bank is our local hero during this pandemic. Find Star Bank at starbank.net on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Bank locally with Star Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. That's my choice, Star Bank. Ron Shera here. And I'd like to thank our friends at Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today.
0: All right, my fishing partner, Jonas Plum, is joining me today. And we're going to get to your bucket list Fishing trips, But first, I want to talk a little bit about something else we have tried together, and that is trout fishing in southeastern Minnesota. A lot of people don't know this, but the glaciers that created the Great Lakes kind of hit the brakes right about at St. Paul, Minnesota. And everything south and east from there is still bluff country. Just high bluffs with these deep valleys and gin clear streams limestone fed streams running through the valleys and and there is actually more fishable trout water down in that driftless region than all of montana it's kind of crazy and so a couple seasons ago you and i decided to take a trout trip and i took you down to one of my favorite creeks um i don't think it's a secret it's winnebago And you went down there. Did you see any trout in that stream?
1: Of course, that's what we went down there to do. So, of course, we saw trout.
0: I just want (laughs) what I'm going after.
1: Yeah, it was. uh, That was a lot of fun. That's a different way of fishing, Uh, and that's how you get better at everything if you just try different things. And and, you know, our uh, hosts—I can't think of their names right now—but Jim and Cindy Burr—they were outstanding. Outstanding host, and we had A.A. Ron with us. Your, uh, your photographer, videographer, extraordinary, um, Extraordinaire. I'm and also a, a Las Vegas Raiders fan, and we had a well, great. Well, at least
0: now the world knows there are two of you. We had,
1: we had a fantastic time. It was it was it was very warm um, those couple days, but it, it's certainly beautiful down there. You drop off the highway, and you're in a a really nice river valley. Uh, we stayed at an old f- flour mill. Was it flour mill? Flour mill, which was really neat, and uh, yeah, we caught lots of lots of trout. They're uh, finicky little fellas, um, but you know, like you said, if you if you cast your line or fl- you were fly fishing, I was I was casting. If you if you put it in the bubbling white water, more than likely you're going to get a hit. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's a little treacherous when you're walking along the riverbank, though, in that uh, in that uh, farm farm foliage or whatever it is because you can get your feet caught on things. And I almost impaled myself one time. But, uh,
0: yeah, it was awesome. We had a great time. So the stream is, you know, no wider than this conference room, right? Maybe 10, 12 feet across in spots. Water runs deep. Again, it's spring fed, so it's ice cold, clear water. I mean, gin clear. You can darn near see every fish Hiding down in there, and you had a pattern going that day. You would cast, you'd see a fish come up and swing. You'd set the hook, and the fish would go back down. And you'd go, oh, mm, oh, mm-hmm. what was going on? Uh,
1: it, it They're finicky. It's tough. It's they're they're. I mean, I don't know. I was just doing my best to figure it out. That's the first time I've ever been trout fishing. And as usual, there wasn't much tutelage. It was just like, "Here's the fish in here, and figure out how to catch them." (laughs) Just go. It's a common theme between Bill and Ryan Johnson. There's Mm -hmm. no tutelage. They just say here, and uh, I I, yeah, it was tough. I I started to get the hang of it. Um, You got to be very very patient. It's a it's a quick they 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 quickly bite. Yeah, they just. Come they, up with nipple, yeah, and so you you—it's a very patient game. Whereas you know bass, etc., are, are you can really feel it when they get on, and even even bluegills and those, like you can feel them. But the trout—it's just like a quick little bite, then they run away again. And then if 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 they if they hit your lure and they don't bite, they'll never come back. And then you got to just keep going on, and and it's 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 tough. It's it's it was tough, and um, but it was great. And then you catch some. And the, when you catch them, they're they are abs—they're very beautiful fish, very, very much so. They're—they're um, they're colorful and they're—they—they uh, they got a very nice shape to them. So, um, but it was tough; it wasn't easy.
0: But per the usual, you caught plenty of fish, even though you say the fishing was no good. All right, I so never you-
1: never said it wasn't any good. In my mind, I wasn't very good at it.
0: Don't I used twit, to be a news reporter, words, so I live on facts. You, you and you, not and Sh- alternative facts, but actually real facts. You and Shepard and <laughs> Shep to Shirk, <laughs> storms pounding Carolina. That's a story for another day. Uh, but I do remember the last time you were in the drift boat—not last week, but the last time—and I think your exact words were, "I will never effing get in this stupid boat again." So yes. At times.
1: I, I don't swear. So that's, that would be a false statement. Well, you statement. did
0: the day of the trout, which shocked us all. I, I think you're, you're
1: misremembering mis- uh, those. <laughs> Must be me. I'm <laughs> getting old. Yeah. All right. So probably. if you had
0: to, take your pick. Waiters, ultralight short rod, wandering along a trout stream, drift boat, drifting on a lazy Mississippi river, throwing to the banks for smallmouth, sitting on Malax Lacs and the big walleye boat a little bit of a chop jigging for walleyes which would you pick
1: I mean all of those are great but I've done them all and I think and I'm not trying to say I'm super cool I've done them all but I've also done salmon fishing on the west coast of north america i Which think you I, take a
0: helicopter so
1: to get to your spot i, I really enjoy that kind of thing. i know it's obviously it's it's cost prohibitive and and but i was fortunate enough to to be able to do that but i think the next thing that i'd like to do is go up into northern minnesota southern ontario and and go up into those lakes because from the pictures i've seen from you and and the. And the shows that you filmed up there, and other people's shows that have been filmed up there, it just looks fantastic. Flying in on a, on a seaplane, on an otter or whatever kind of whatever kind of plane it is, and uh, landing on the lakes, and and you know, I mean, it, you could be at a small lodge. But I'm not really a big time camping guy but you could be at a little small lodge and maybe have like a wood house shelter rather than just a tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, <laughs> but, but the places we go, there are beautiful cabins yeah, with a yeah, wood stove, like propane, refrigerator. I, I, I think that's
1: what I'd like to do next just because I'd like to try and experience as many things as I can, and mm. that's something I haven't done yet. So mm. other than noodling, I'd like to
0: fly into <laughs> Lake F- of the Woods or something. Your fist, not mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For those who might not know what noodling is, um, when you go into the Webster Dictionary and look up noodling, the definition is sea redneck. It is catfishing where you're in the muddy water and you're feeling around under the banks and under the old tree stumps for holes and you stick your fist down in there. I think people have been known to use their feet as well. And the big catfish, you know, suck your fist into your, their mouths and hold on to it, and then you kind of start this wrestling match where the catfish tries to eat you, and you try to pull it out of the hole and noodling. Really?
1: Well, it's just something else to do, you know.
0: I mean, it's just another. Yeah, well, it's so just, is cleaning your toilets you know and what? shoveling that's dirt. Just
1: an, that's just another, another thing in life you can say you've done, and the more things you do in life, I think the more well-versed you are as a person. So if I have to do noodling, then I'll go do noodling.
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to set this up. We might even shoot that for a television <laughs> I don't
1: show. think my arm's big enough. If <laughs> We took Darby with us. His arm is big.
0: <laughs> all right. Two questions before I get you out of here that I like to ask all my guests these days. First off, do you have a piece of outdoor gear, whether it is a fishing rod, a gun, an old set of boots, a tent, whatever it is, one piece of gear that just you kind of covet, that you've made all these memories with, and when you look at it or use it, it just brings you back to a place or a moment?
1: I I mean, I don't think so, because no, not really, I mean, I guess, just because, no, like, I mean, no, n- nothing really because I just, no, I don't. Okay. I, I don't, I don't really have anything that would bring me back. Certainly not bring me back to a fishing moment. No, I don't really have anything. I don't think, no. Okay. All right. Well, you usually let's... end up losing all those specialers in the trees anyways. So I can't remember where they are. <laughs> I know there's one on Lake of the Isles for sure, but I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't have any of that kind of stuff.
0: Funny story for you. Um, so my oldest Brady, he's fourteen, and his soccer buddies—they're not quite driving yet, but they're getting to that age where they're a little more wanderous. So they take their bikes and go up to the local bridge by the lake by our place, and they go bass fishing. And Brady sure happens to have a pretty good assortment of baits, and his fishing buddies maybe not as much. So, so the other night they were out there, and he played a prank as buddy Charlie. So he took out one of his most expensive, you know, $40 Rapalas that he uses for pike and muskies. And he hid it in the cattails. He told Teddy, his other buddy, like, hey, go over there and act like you found it. So Teddy walks over. Oh, my gosh. Look what I found. Oh, somebody must have lost this. And Charlie, who loves fishing more than any kid I know... Just pitch this fit. I've been fishing since I was a little kid. I'm always picking baits out of the trees. They're always rusty. I never find anything good. And here Teddy's got this big, shiny bait. They never told Charlie. So the baits you lose, other people probably. So who kept kept the bait? Uh, Well, Brady took it back. Mm, That's not good but I'm pretty sure I know what Charlie's going to get for his birthday.
1: I would hope so. Seeing as the man of the woods, maybe
0: you could find a couple extras here and there. Pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Second question for you. Um, you don't have a piece of outdoor gear that is favorable to you. Is there a moment, trip or a time that you were outdoors that it just positively impacted you or changed you just something you look back to and just go man that was something else
1: I I mean well probably I mean I guess a couple first of all first and foremost probably that first time fishing with you and Andrew and Keith was awesome that was the first time I ever caught bass so that was you know especially when you can get into that many that quick and in a day that's not a perfect weather day but a good weather day like I mean that's that Kind of helped me really get into the into the minnesota fishing situation and, and want to be more involved and 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 want to get some fishing rods and and want to get out and learn and, and try my best to get better at it uh, that that certainly helped me around here and obviously it helped me meet you and forge a friendship with you and your family and your lovely wife katie and your boys um, and then I, I don't know i think that the other one that i really enjoyed just because it was a family trip was uh, it was in 2018 when we went to that fishing lodge with it was me my wife slash fiance uh, my sister and her husband her two kids and my mom and my mom is older now so not older she can still get around but she's older and so we all went up there and we all stayed in this resort and we had great meals and everyone, even my mom went out one morning for fishing which is like that's a that's a, a small task to figure that one out that was just a, a great family moment and and uh, yeah, I think those two—one was a family-related thing—and just had such a great time together. And then, the, obviously, the, the trip with you really helped turn me in on the turn me on the Minnesota fishing and bass fishing and and just life more of what life is about in Minnesota for a lot of people.
0: There seems to be a theme to those, right? It's relationships. It's being with people
1: and catching fish.
0: That's probably more important.
1: When you catch lots of fish, it makes everything better. <laughs> you could be with your family or your best friends, but as long as you're catching fish, it's great. Because I've been with you, one of my good friends, and I don't catch anything, and we, we know how things go. It's sour. Just sour.
0: Just just not happy. Just sour. Just not happy. Okay. All right, well, you and I are going to noodle. Then we're going to get on a float plane and go into Canada. Um. You keep bringing up this gentleman by the name of Ryan Johnson, who is also one of our favorite fishing buddies. Yes, he is. You know, when we were very early in our relationship, maybe I've told you the story, maybe I haven't. We're on a float plane bouncing around over the Ontario bush, and he looks a little bit off. And I turned to him, I said- Because he is. yeah, He is. More than a little bit. I turned to him, I said, Ryan, what's, everything good? Like- Everything okay? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. I said, oh, What's up? Something's obviously bugging you. Uh, well, I have this thing about airplanes. <laughs> and I said, We're we're having this conversation right now. He's like, What? Well, it's not so much the airplane; it's the falling out of the sky part. <laughs> yeah. But he's been bold, and we'll get him back on a float plane, and we're going to go in, and we're going to catch fish. Yeah, that would That be. is a promise. Yeah, well, you, we always catch fish. Unless you lose your contract and get traded to some other team let's, out there. Let's, let's not talk
1: about that, Bill. I hope that never, ever. I've, I've enjoyed my, th- this will be my 13th season here. I enjoy it immensely, and I, I do my, my best at work, and that's all you can do. So, but, So uh, you've
0: been here working almost as long as you've been engaged. That's amazing.
1: That is a false statement. Again, you're misremembering the time frame. I said I was engaged in 2014. I started here in 2011. Therefore, you have made a false accusation. Just get married. I'm pleading the fifth on it.
0: You get married. We'll buy you new fishing rods. We'll find a boat for you. Settle. Be here. Did you hear that, Charlie? You heard
1: that? Yep. OK, good. Bill, it's in the works. Okay. I will. I would expect oh, cool. some Temple Fork outdoor rods, please. Okay. Uh, some Sims uh, fishing gear would be very nice. And uh, whatever you want to give me for a, me for a wedding present. Don't worry about Kristen. She gets
0: enough. Me, okay. me. That's our call to action. Jonas, love you like a brother. Okay, thank you. So there you go. A little bit into the mind and the DNA of an NHL coach and a guy who likes to fish. Didn't necessarily say he was great at it, but he likes to do it. And of note, I, before we wrap up, your nickname is Nonas, not Jonas. Where Correct. does that come from?
1: You and Ryan, I think. Yeah. Y-N versus J. Uh, I'm assuming it came from that first time we went fishing together on Malax, and you just thought it was a natural at fishing, so you decided to say Nonas, the uh, natural, and Jonas natural. put together, and Ryan obviously carried on the tradition. And you know what? I listened to Ryan's podcast too, and he didn't mention me once. So (laughs) let's just leave it at that. Thank you.
0: Jonas Plum is out of here. Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Thanks for listening today. Before we go, I want to thank all the great partners who help get the Minnesota Bound podcast to you every week. Of course, the stories behind the stories presented by Connecticut Water Treatment Systems. Also, our good friends at Star Bank. The Minnesota Historical Society, Rudy Luther Toyota, the Minnesota Propane Association, Aquaside, and Lakes Gas. Until next week, please don't forget to introduce a kid or a coach to the great outdoors.